you doing, man? Chan, this is a good episode, though. Huh. Very good. Did you... I watched this... Oh, I think I must have watched it on iPlayer. I had the subtitles on, and it was clear the person that had watched in the episode didn't really get that thing no. about the character. So every now and then, they would write, though. But then when, when her pronunciation was a bit different, they'd be like, oh no, though, like the word. Oh. Um, which, you know... Yeah. I mean, can't expect everybody to watch Doctor Who, but you know. No, it'd be nice if the the person doing the subtitles actually got the the words right. Um, but <laughs> sounds like a really vague insult, as though you're like working at the BBC. You're in the canteen. You're there, like um, what's his face from um Downton Abbey, the really bitchy one. Um, Mary. No, get shot in the hand. Um, Tom? Thomas. Thomas, yes. Um, and he's like, it'd be nice if someone actually did their fucking job and then you take a drag off your cigarette while you're <laughs> outside with miss o'brien and then you go because i could do it better than they could but the, uh, the lordship won't hire me as his valet and all that don't, rest of it and then that's what you are saying about the people that, that captioned this episode don't be so hasty maybe one day that you'll be promoted to that and then you can bump me up as well <laughs> maybe so mrs o'brien maybe so like he does speak with us at a um it's a, oh i'm a Evil, cheeky. Sorry, that really tickled me. Of like, imagine going to like um, an accent coach or a voice coach, or going to Kirsty Strain, for example, and saying, yes. um, "Oh, hey, by the way, can you just teach me to do an evil accent?" She just looks at you like, "What? <laughs> what do you want me to do?" Can you teach me to speak like an evil Yorkshire pudding, please? Um, <laughs> that's what I, I, how Thomas speaks would be like if like. Um, a Yorkshire pudding company did like, their own like Cocoa Pops <laughs> advert, and there's like the evil undercooked Yorkshire pudding. He talks exactly <laughs> like that. He's like, "Oh, you'll never cook me. No one will be having me for the tea this Sunday." It's like mm. you've said enough, Mister Undercooked uh, Yorkshire pudding. Get in that It'd fucking like, oven. Um, <laughs> was, was, was it Warburton's that they got Robert De Niro in for their adverts? Um, and it? he's like, I think it was, it was it was Warburton's or Hovis or one of those big bread companies, because they made New York style bagels, so they got him in and was like, oh, it's like a New York gangster movie about bread. Um, and it's oh very weird. God. But yeah, maybe it'd be like that. They get Thomas in and say like, um, I like making Yorkshire puddings, except for this one that's just fucking undercooked. <laughs> he's just there screaming at a Yorkshire pudding and everybody's yeah. watching the advert like, am I supposed to... Is this supposed to make me want to buy Yorkshire puddings? Because at the yeah. minute I'm just terrified. Absolutely, that's 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 the the ad campaign. The Yorkshire puddings need to need to undertake now. Um, yeah. So now that we've established that, what episode of Doctor Who are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about season three, episode twelve, Utopia. Ooh. Yes, and it was written by uh, the big man himself, Russell T Davies. And it was directed by Graham Harper. And it's starring David Tennant, Freema Adjaman, Derek Jacobi, and loads of other people. So uh... Yeah, they're all they're all knocking about doing some acting. They're all I said to Danny before we started, God, this is a dirty episode. Because it is a dirty episode. There's loads of people knocking about, being all dirty, just being like, Oh bloody hell, I need a shower. That's that's the vibe I get watching this episode. Is that yep. they said to the supporting artists, Can you come in and not have a shower? For the couple of days before you come in, please. Just to really method it up, can you not have a shower? Yeah, thank God that Lewis is like 
himself isn't like a companion for Doctor Who. Because that <laughs> while these people are trying to like, es- escape Armageddon, he just shows up like a fucking misophobe and is like, get your... F- Get that fucking cleaned, you, you dirty... That's a child, Lewis. I don't give a shit! Look at this Put it in the washing machine! The skies are made of diamonds. You'll not be seeing any fucking diamonds if you don't wash your hands, son. Because if you touch a diamond with your dirty, dirty fucking hands, (laughs) then the the diamond will be dirty! (laughs) How do you eat in this place? God! Are you cleaning the cutlery? You're not? Oh my God! Living in filth. <laughs> I'm there like Carson, going through his little silverware cupboard, just like <laughs> polishing little bits of silverware. And yep. everyone else is like, uh, Lewis, we're going to go to Utopia. It's like the heaven at the end of the universe. You're coming with. And I'm like, no, just let me finish polishing this candlestick and then I'll get on with you. I know. But Lewis, we're not taking it with us. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Can you not see how much stuff I have to clean? My job appears to be mostly standing around shouting at people and then cleaning silverware. I know. My job appears to be uh, incredibly aristocratic for someone who doesn't have an aristocratic job. Massive homophobe and uh, a terrible husband. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, but for some reason Downton Abbey keeps coming up. Right, we've got an opening statement for Utopia. Yes, an excellent introduction to a three-part finale that talks about immortality, human fallibility, and the characterization of our titular Time Lord. Okay. Derek Jacoby! Derek Jacoby! I love him! He's great! And he's in this episode! Um, I love his performances just in general, and he's brilliant in this episode as as Yana and as the Master. Um, In general, though... I do adore this episode so much. It, it yes. gives me that that wonderful feeling of um, the Doctor being like human's greatest cheerleader. She's like, "Look at you go! You're doing stuff. Look at you!" I don't know. It's it's really nice in a funny way. And then it's also chilling on the other end of the scale. It's like, oh, the future kind. We will evolve to have pointy teeth and facial tattoos. It's oh. a bit scary. I mean, it's not really like much of like an evolution, really, is it? Because it's like, it's literally just them with pointy teeth. <laughs> you know, it's if they were like, um, I mean, I suppose evolution takes a really long time. I guess. Mm, mm. <coughs> Excuse me. It's also it's a bit all, weird to consider. Oh, come. It's all it's all this dirt and utopia that's that's making me cough. Um, <laughs> it's getting up your nose. You're all you're all you're all bunged up. It's yep. um. That's, could you, I imagine? Right. Do you reckon there's like humans at the end of the world, at the end of the universe, that are there with a nail file? Filing down their teeth to try and appear as though they're like the future kind. Are they trying to appear, or are they trying to like make it easier to like, eat human beings? Oh, I don't know. Because the teeth that humans have, as in me and you, they're good at eating food. <laughs> yeah, but not like tearing the flesh off of like. Yeah. Well, because yeah, because I feel not... like I feel like the idea of human teeth being flat is that you yeah. can get your teeth into something and then pull with your neck muscles. But we're not... so you're probably better than you think, I reckon. I, not... I mean, I've never eaten a guy, so I don't know. No. But... <laughs> but we're not adapted to um, actually consume human flesh. Like, no, I suppose we're not. I reckon we the biggest hurdle flesh. would probably be like, um, oh yeah, you've eaten raw flesh. Now you've got salmonella or dysentery and all the rest yeah. of it. It'd probably yeah. be making fire or, or having a more robust digestive system yeah maybe they've evolved to eat human flesh yeah maybe they are what we will become oh 
Wait, what? So, wait, how does that? How are you not them now then? That's a good point. Yeah, if, if evolution takes so long, have these have the future kind been like sucked into a black hole where time passes faster and then spat back out the other end and now they're on yeah. this planet at the end of the universe? I mean, to be fair, I do feel that that you know when people say if evolution's real, how come there's monkeys still about? Like oh, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, maybe that doesn't make sense. Um. By the way, we are not related to chimpanzees. We're related to a common ancestor of chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. So, so when people say, how come we're... No, it's apes, they say, isn't it? So like we descended from apes or something. I can't... People are stupid. That's that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it, the thing is, it's kind of a stupid one because you look at, a, at an ape or a gorilla or something and they have such human faces and you're like, okay, yeah, I can kind of get it now. Oh, yeah. they're not? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you, you, it's weird because it's there's some part of your, your lizard brain that's right at the centre of your human brain and it's yeah. just trying to say to you, no, no, look at the evidence in front of your eyes. That's what you can trust. Yeah, uh, But is... in reality, it's a weird, no, you can't. It's kind of a di- bit different slightly. I mean, it feels like the same thing when when people think that their dogs can understand them. Like, it, they can't actually hear what you're saying. It's by your tone and by your attitude that they're going. Oh by. God, yeah, yeah. Do you know I mean? Dogs like, are just no thoughts, just vibes. Yeah, <laughs> ma- yeah, exactly. My mum says that she's like she can understand everything you're saying, Daniel. I was like, Mum, no, she, no, no, you, no, she can't. How could she possibly? It's like, and then I went right. Okay, I'll prove it. And then I went. Oh, look at you, you wee parasite. I hate you so much. I hate your stupid face so much. And she's like, ah, lick, licking and, you know, being yeah. cuddly and all that. And then I was like, I really love you. I love you so much. And she was like, oh, no, like that, you know. Yeah. And my mum was like, ah, she knows. What? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, nothing has prepared me to know that animals don't understand language more than owning Monica. She, yeah. she will do things, and you're just like, "What are you doing, dickhead?" And she'll just be looking at you like, <laughs> "Clearly, I was licking my own asshole. Can you leave me alone?" <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh man, um, I have to say, for the for the sake of fairness, that every Welsh quarry was used in this yes <laughs> this episode. <laughs> yeah, um, Doctor Who's hello. Is this about... the is this the uh, is this Wales? Can we have access to every quarry, please? <laughs> Yeah, Doctor Who's long used quarries for its um for its 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 backgrounds. hellscapes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So in this, it's so uh, easy to tell in a lot of episodes. In this episode especially, but the other one that got me was um Danny's favorite episode, that one where they're on Scaro. Um, and Clara and the Doctor are looking down on the Dalek city, and it's like, well, clearly you're just stood on the edge of a of a of a like a a, a, yeah. a big hole that someone has dug. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I the less said about that episode, the better. Um, um, what else? I really like the the reuse of the watch and how that was set up yes. quite nicely. Yes. And the family of blood and the fact it gets brought back here. It's like, oh shit, you know. Um, mm. and in in terms of like, um, just the sheer execution and delivery of the season as a whole, it's just one big sort of story. It's told in little parts, which I think is really nice. It's, it's found a middle ground between 
what something like Loki, for example, did, which is just it's it's kind of just a film that someone's got the scissors into. Yeah. But like it's it's somewhere between that and and sort of like a a, a soap. Or a or an episode of Family Guy or something where every episode is insular and has nothing to do with any of the other episodes. It's found on a nice balance between the two, which is quite sweet. And it's nice to see, like in the next episode, which we will be talking about, obviously, it's nice to see the Lazarus technology coming back. And you're right about the yeah. watch coming back as well, all of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Derek Jacobi in this oh. as yeah. the master. I think we were... We were robbed, I think. Um, yes, I couldn't agree more. It's um, he was such a wonderful uh, character as Professor Yana, so like um, sort of uh, kindly and sweet, and and like that just turning on a sixpence, and all of a sudden he's this horrible, nightmarish man. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I saw I saw it from behind the scenes or something, and Derek Jacobi was like, I would have liked to um explored uh, my character as the master but i wasn't allowed to um so, so i think he even he felt disappointed because he obviously came back and did um big finish and stuff like that as well um so if you if, you, if you're into that go go have a listen mm. it, it's one of the the stupid things of my life that i i love that big finish are forever just hoovering up the bits of doctor who that, yeah. that the bbc don't want to do and yet the fans are just like oh this would be really good actually Big Finish go, all right, that is a commercial opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they do some really good stories, obviously, because, I mean, they brought Christopher uh, Christopher Eccleston back, who famously said, I'm never doing that again. You mm. know, so that was... They must be doing something right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what else? Uh, I, there's, there's a line that really never really made any sense to me. When... <laughs> okay. When... when uh, uh, Yana turns out to be the master, and Chantho's like, "You're destroying all our work, though," and uh, and sort of points a gun at him, and he's like, "Oh, now I can say, I was provoked." Who's he saying that to, exactly? I suppose to to Chantho, because the idea is that it's like, "Oh, she had a garden. I I didn't know what she was going to do," and maybe he didn't know he was going to sort of um. Why would why would just come out and out as the master? And he was trying to be um, just like oh no, I I, I'm still poor old Professor Yana, and I'm just here, and I'm I'm just being Professor Yana, doing my Yana thing, and all the rest of it. To Um, whom though? Because to the the doctor and to Jack and to well, they already know because he's like closed the door, and the doctor's figured it out. Oh, that's true. But I suppose he could have sort of um. I would imagine maybe the future kind were like um, got there too quickly in a funny way, and they sort of overran his plans. So it was like, oh fuck, I can't, I can't deceive him. Then I've got to just be out and out the master. But then oh. it, again, it is a very the master thing to always have a backup plan, always yeah, have sort of five or six plates spinning. Because then if you drop one, it doesn't really matter. So maybe it's just it, that's something he's got in his mind for on the off chance they come up, and I'm still tottering about being uh, Professor Yana. Then maybe. I'll be able to, to to deceive them. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a plot point in the next episode that that gets dropped super fucking quick. Um, when David Tennant, it's like, oh, who's the master? How do we even, we don't even know what he looks like? And David Tennant's like, I'll know him the moment I see him. 
because Time Lords always do. Yeah, like, minus the eight fucking times since this episode that <laughs> no one recognised Missy as the master. No, that's you know? a good point, yeah. So I just thought, I'd, you know, that's Stephen Moffat again, you know, <laughs> not reading the fine print. Um, yeah, because Peter Capaldi ends up kissing Missy at one point, doesn't he? So yeah, you'd think he'd at least notice during that palaver. <laughs> Yeah, she convinces him that he's a, that she's a fucking robot like the entire time, and then at the end, like she's like, "Oh, I'm a time lady," and he's like, "Which one?" It's like, "Sorry, who the who the fuck do you think it's going to be, pal? Who is the only time lord that has consistently <laughs> used the fucking Cybermen and is a mm. psychopath?" Do you know what I mean it's uh, yeah? It was really weird that reveal, but we'll get to that. Um. Yeah, so sorry, I'm, sort of... I'm just off daydreaming. Um, I liked the use of the vortex manipulator, just as something yeah. a bit stupid that was just thrown into um into Doctor Who. Space it's hopper. something that was sort of thrown away a bit um trashily in the first sort of um appearance of Captain Jack. It's like, oh yeah, this is my time machine. Uh, don't think about it very much. <laughs> and then yeah. don't think about this. Um, but I do like that they brought it back and revamped it a bit. And it's like, no, there is some underlying technological element to it that um that the the doctor knows about intimately but captain jack doesn't i quite like that which is quite nice yeah cheap and nasty time travel um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as an opposite number to david tennant we uh we get john sim as the master yeah oh, i quite is... liked as the master yeah very good very he has a nice sort psychotic. of psychotic messy unhinged vibe yeah um, which, I mean, is okay, I guess. Like, I'm, I, I guess this was the start of like characters who are clearly insane, but still have the capacity to like, have massive plans that you know are incredibly complex. You know, mm. like, the thing I, I think I'm going to gently disagree with you. Um, mm. The thing I quite like about the John Sim Master is that um, the sort of insanity, as it were, is all a performance. On on some base level, he he's sort of is like he knows what he's doing, and he's a cold, calculating person. But he just has a moral compass that's very different to mine. And you can see that he makes these decisions. It's like, no, no, I I genuinely think that humans should be exterminated. Yeah, I think that'd be a good time. No, he way. genuinely believes that. And then you the don't. sort of insanity is 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 on is like a performative aspect to instill fear, and you know what I mean. You think that you think that his motivations are ideological rather than just I want power and and I'm incredible. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't winful. think he's like I don't I don't think he has political opinions. But I think he's like yeah. I think humans. I think I should get rid of them. I think I want to be the 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 chief in charge of everything sort of thing. I think that's why he does it. He has a reason for it. It's not that he's just doing stuff and this happens to be the consequences. Well, I mean. I know that he wants, like, domination, right? But let's see in the next episode when he's, like, uh, remove one-tenth of the population. It doesn't mm. seem like it's very, um... doesn't seem like, oh, it's finally I can remove... Like, like, he's not like Thanos. He's not like, oh, I can finally remove... Mm, that's true, yeah. He just, he's just, like, I suppose the humans wife. are a means to an end, aren't they? To, like, for him yeah. to make the black hole engine rockets or whatever, to chuff up to space and make the new Time Lord Empire. Yeah, it just seems like to be saying to his wife to like feel like sexy or whatever, he's like, should we decimate them? Mm, that's mm, a nice mm. word. Decimate. It's like, 
comes more across like a psychotic David Brent than he does like a a, a, <laughs> a mastermind, you know. Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe. Gen- I mean, he, we we know that he thinks that human beings are inferior, you mm, know, mm. because why why wouldn't he, you know? Um, from from his his obvious psychopathy to the the noise <laughs> in his head, um, mm, mm. you know, he's he's not a very He's not a very big humanitarian, let's put it No, that he's way. not. And I do like that he sort of, um, that's the word I'm looking for, the only thing in the world that I think is actually real to him is his relationship with the Doctor. It's, it's like everything else is just circumstantial, he, but he's aware of the fact that the Doctor is this great old friend and, um, what's it, you see that couple with the dog? You're the dog. It's, it's, he, he knows that he, it's him and the Doctor are sort of this yeah. inseparable bond in a very funny way. I just want to talk about that. That uh, you see that couple over there. You're the puppy, right? Bear in mind that the entire place has been cordoned off, and eight snipers. Oh yeah, are that's a good point. And, and and this fucking couple just walked, like <laughs> not even look behind, literally in front of the the uh, unit agents that are meant to be lit, you know, pointing their guns at Missy. So I thought that was. It's like, come well, on yeah, then, and... hurry up. <laughs> and also there was the um. Oh yeah, we're not a couple. Look at that married couple. That's like us. Yeah. It's, which is like, um, I'm sorry, but you can't have it both ways. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're we're time lords, not animals. We're just friends. And then it's like, see that old couple over there. You're the fucking dog. I mean, it's like okay, see your friends, and then have let the the possession and jealousy of like a really old, uh, dysfunctional couple. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, I guess. Do you prefer them as like a sort of quasi relationship or like just really old friends that have an understanding and will fight each other to the death? I don't. I don't like them being romantically intertwined because it seems like something that Time Lords. I don't know. The way that they talk about like. Um, I don't know. It's. I don't like the idea of thinking about like um oh yeah time lord marriages and relationships and stuff but on the same level why wouldn't they do that yeah, do you know what true. i mean i i don't see it between um the doctor and the master i, I don't see it there i think that there's that between them it's more of a sort of a, a kinship of sort of they've been in the trenches together they've been doing things for a long long time and you can sort of see that old age of knowing one another I like yeah. that, but I don't. I, I don't see it in the Doctor and the Master. But I'm completely open to the idea of there being, you know, a Time Lord married couple that fight across galaxies and whatever. That might be a really interesting thing to write about. But I just don't. Yeah. I just don't get it on the same level. I'm not sure because I suppose it's because we've, we've never seen it in Doctor Who. They always threatened it in the RTD era of oh I used to be a dad or oh yeah I had a wife. Yeah. And they used to threaten it, but then it's it's something we've never actually seen because. Oh, I don't know. It's it's a funny thing. It's like you keep changing throughout your life. As as me, Lewis Brindley, the person, I would keep changing throughout your life, and I'm I'm constantly aware of the fact that I'm changing and things are changing. We're, we're always in a state of motion and the state and the rest of it. But like, I know that that is something that my wife and I's relationship is based upon. Is the idea that we're always changing. We're always changing yeah. together. So. Would it just be a more profound version of that when yeah, two time lords regenerate? I, I, I couldn't possibly say, but I don't know. What is it? 
what does it mean you know yeah i mean but look to have a character as morally principled as the doctor have a friend who's like clearly yeah a, that's a psychopath true is like kind of because it would imply that the doctor also thinks oh well, i suppose it's not that bad all these yeah. things he's doing all these murders it's not that bad it's kind of like it's kind of like having a family member that does like bad things and like continuously making excuses for them you know it's like I, I doubt. Oh, that's I d- just Uncle Greg. He's a massive racist. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Doctor has like, had previous where like he screams the face off of like toxic family members. It's like mm. I am talking and I'm not listening. You know, it's like so. So this guy, you know, he's he's clearly a piece of shit. But like, in terms of like measurable harm to the world versus the Master, like this guy gets much less consideration than a than a. A genocidal psychopath, you know, um, mm, mm. which, which is a bit, a bit strange. But I, I suppose it's you know they're the last of their species, literally the the end of the line, which creates a, a a stronger kinship, I guess. And it's like yeah, we're both not perfect at all. But I suppose it is that sort got. of um, that sort of toxic sort of family relationship of like. Yeah. Oh well, you can't get rid of your family. You you don't choose them. They're just there. You've got to got to got to spend time with them and all the rest of it, which is is bollocks. Walk away from a toxic family member. That's you shouldn't think twice about that. But yeah. I suppose maybe that's what the Doctor and the Master think. You are literally the only other being in the universe. Anything like me? Yeah. I have to know. I have to talk to you. I have to be with you. I can't possibly imagine a life where we are not talking or not yeah battling or whatever. I suppose, like, when your entire like, species has been destroyed and you find, like, another human being who is, like, a monster, but it's, like, I'm not going to suffer another loss. Like, I thought I was completely on my own, mm, so I'd rather mm. keep this person with the hope that they could maybe change, but if not, then then I'll look after them, you know? Mm. Which I suppose is fine, I guess. It's a good... <laughs> Um, but we've we've went we've went way way ahead of of, of schedule. Um, we have a bit, yeah. Um, I've only got, really got the one note left. Is um, there's a bit of a throwaway line in this episode. I can't remember who says it. Something about um, the implication I always get when I watch the episode is that Time Lords were sort of drafted into the Time War, and the Master was drafted in as the perfect soldier for a Time War. Okay, yep. Um, and then later on, um. The I completely forget the interaction now, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to either help me or call me a cunt. But yeah. it was something like, um, "Oh, we would have escaped if you were a human. You would have been able to hide." It's like, well, okay, so in that case, how do you know there's not an infinite number of time lords out there? If they all have access to this chameleon arch technology, how do you know plenty of people haven't done this? They're all standing yeah. on a planet somewhere as just some guy. Do you know what I mean? And then it does act- actually. No, I've said it out loud. This makes even more sense. The Ruth from Doctor Who now, with the last year or the year before, whenever that was. Yeah. That was just a human, and then oh, she's the Doctor. Hey. Yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, so. I feel the Doctor would probably become massively concerned at everything around him. Do you know what I mean? Do you want to hear a potentially hot take? Hit me. <laughs> the Doctor treats him being the last of the Time Lord the way Matt Lucas's character does about being the only gay in the village like 
he like I'm afraid that's immediately lost on me. I oh, I don't know what that okay. means. <laughs> so it's in Little Britain and this character is like I'm the only gay in the village and then like other like gay people show up mm. and it's like, Oh David, this is Pete, he he's gay as well, like you know, to try and like introduce the two of them and like, and you know, maybe form a romantic relationship and Davith mm. is just like raging because he's like he, he likes you know just being like the only person and it's like mm. oh woe is me and this he poor likes guy the sort of mystique like, it brings him yeah he's like hi i'm Pete. how you doing and he's like you're not gay and all that and just completely and utterly homophobic to this guy who's, mm. who's just you know try to get you know along with everyone so that's david tennant has found out that there's other time lords that's like, nah you're not you're not <laughs> No, he's no, just I... some bloke. No, I don't think so. He's just no, some bloke. I am. I am. I was human. No, you weren't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, the David Tennant's doctor's got a few toxic traits anyway, you know. He's very he's very arrogant, and he, he likes to go into a big monologue about the time war, I suppose. So maybe that would... that would that would This finally explains it, Lewis. I've, I've dunked your theory <laughs> he's in cracked one it. go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I think I'm out of notes. Uh, I think I am also out of notes, I'm afraid. Um, have you got a closing statement? Uh, it's a good episode, isn't it? Yeah, good episode. We were robbed of Derek Jacobi as the master. We were. Um, thank you and good night. Yes. Good afternoon. Good evening. Right, uh, shall we do some <laughs> shilling? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Dare you. Uh, we all have link trees. Uh, Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mines is slash O'Hiram, and the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube. Go give us a subscribe, a like, a comment, and uh, yeah, have a good time. Yeah. Uh, and we also have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly appreciated. We also have Patreon, and we want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Dougie. Thank you, one and all. You really do make the podcast possible, and that means a hell of a lot to us. It means a lot that we are able to make this show because we really enjoy making it, so thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. Christmas is literally around the corner now, finally. It is. Uh, get yourself a mug, a jumper, a t-shirt, a tote bag, socks, stickers... All sorts of shit. Get over there and start spending your money. Um, That's what Christmas is all about, folks. Spending yeah. money. Oh, let's all eat till we're sick. And <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? It's, uh, I think Simon said that. Oh, Simon, right. Yeah. Simon Lowe, friend of the show. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was like, talking about Christmas or something. And he was like, oh, Christmas. Let's all eat until we're sick. And, and <laughs> spend time with family and all that. Um, doesn't sound too bad, does it? It's, it's there's worse things that could. There are, yeah. Yeah. Um, Make yourself a Christmas mac and cheese. Carve it in front of everyone, and everyone will say, "Lewis, that's pasta. Why do you have that big knife?" And then they suddenly realise that I'm not here to cut the pasta. I'm here to kill them. Yeah. Um, they realise that it's actually a bloodbath. I've barbed the doors, and they're all gonna die. Yeah, Lewis has become the future kind, and Derek yes. Jacoby pops up. It's like Lewis hungry. It looks as if, oh no, yeah. So I'm in the TV shouting hungry, 
like, at the top of our line. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, last but certainly not least, uh, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Uh, Number 12 Crochet Avenue are a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife, and they focus on all the wonderful things that happen in the wonderful world of crochet. Uh, If you would like to know what's going on over there, you can go and check it out at Number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram. You can see what's going on. You can be like, hey, this is great, and then give it a cheeky like, cheeky follow, all the rest of it. Um, So yeah, check that out. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, Yeah, so we've got two episodes left before (gasps) we do a a radical switch-em-up of how we talk about Doctor Who, but that's a, it's a surprise for another time. I know, it's a trade secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> humans are coming. How can, how can you tell that? You just get a really good nose. I suppose um, he must do. If he's evolved to eat meat, maybe he's evolved to be some kind of hunter. So yeah. Yep, maybe. that's a human. But they're also one of them's immortal, one of them's a time lord, and one of them's just some guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, we'll never know. Maybe the maybe there's a behind the Doctor Who Extra. Maybe the or or Doctor Who Confidential, as it was called back then. Um, I remember that. Do you remember that, Lewis? I do remember that. We used to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Watch Doctor Who, and then okay, that's finished. Let's put Doctor Who Confidential on. Yeah, it's not that confidential, is it? I mean, it's literally after. It's on. It's on terrestrial TV. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> This is my this is my um my hidden confidential information, uh, Lewis. I'm afraid you're broadcasting it to the nation. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is my confidential information on BBC One. Um, but <clears throat> what can you do, folks? Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we will see you here. You smell you literally smell you and eat you for mm-hmm. dinner next time. Indeed we will. Um, I look forward to that. Yum, yum, yum. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.